This is the Dave and Shecky Show. We got this groovy podcast for ya. Reviewing crazy tunes or quoting Twain and Sting and Doom. We'll bring ideas to share like bonus points for extra flair. Cause it's the freaking Dave and Shecky Show. Check your show, we're bringing you this groovy review. We might preview movies, bake some bread, or drink some smoothies. So come on, have way too much caffeine. You roll up some rivers, I'll reference some Raffi. This is the Dave and Checky Show. Yeah, welcome back to the Dogs of the 15th Century. Um, you will be surprised to know that collars were actually invented in the 14th century. Yeah. Collars, ladies and gentlemen, dog collars. Uh, that's why, if you hear one, uh, yes, they sounded a lot like that. Okay, on to our next topic cats in the 12th century. This is going to be exciting. It, it really is. Look, our cat's quite intrigued. Well, he's licking himself, so. Uh... Uh, wouldn't you, if you could? The old, as the old uh, adage goes, what is it called? What? What is it called? As the old uh, saying? No. It's the like with joke? an a, a or something. Not an anecdote. Adage? Adage. I think I said adage. Adage. Okay. My volume is. All right. Code word for today. Adage. Okay. <clears throat> the password is, is it, adage. Is it possible to lower the volume? On my mic? Just uh, whatever's coming. Oh, I see what you're saying. Hold on a second. Yes. How's that? That's way better. Welcome, 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 everyone, to episode number 112 of the Middle-Aged Cool Kids Super Terrific Podcast featuring your pals... Siegfried and Joy. It's my new concept. I'm Siegfried and you're Joy. Mm. Now, what we do is still up to debate, but I'm thinking about a duo, a duo over, a duo, singing right. duo over. Oh, okay. We're, we're, you know I cannot sing. Well, I can't either. You can sing. But the sing. name is good. Siegfried and Joy. I think right away it'll just be a seller because people are going to think Siegfried and Roy. But no, we switch it up with Joy. I see. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh... You sing very well because you do sing our opening theme song. That is you. Well, you know, I, I do fashion myself as somewhat of a Phil Oaks character. Oh, is that true? No. Okay. Uh, all right. So, uh, actually, it's Dave and Shecky, not a Siegfried. Siegfried or Siegfried? Hey, Siegfried's another thing. I I'm see. talking Siegfried. I see. This is straight up. The, this is like the Follies, baby. The Follies. You know that they closed the Ziegfeld Theater? Oh, they did? Yeah. Permanently? Well, yeah. Gonzo. In New York City? That's the city. When did they do that? Mm, I don't know, but I just know it's closed. I think it was like maybe a year or two ago. Uh, I went there and saw a few films. I know people would wait in line every week to see whatever film was there, regardless of the film, because the theater itself was quite an experience. 
Yeah, that's the old days, and the new days don't compensate for the old days. Yeah, New York has uh, gone down the tubes, my friends, but uh, it used to be a great city, a great city to walk around in. Uh, I would sometimes just walk to work, regardless of how many blocks it was, just because it's a great city to to do that in. Yeah. It was a great <clears throat> city to do that in. I would not do that. Well, we're not there anymore, but I would not do that today. Apparently, from what I see and hear, mm-hmm. there are some problems. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of problems. And that's why Curtis Sliwa is going to take care of you. Well, you know what? He just might be the man to do it. If I was in New York City, I'd probably vote for Curtis Sliwa because uh, I would be scared shitless of somebody. Just, I mean, they just allow criminals to go free. Oh, uh, if you told me 30 years ago that I would think that that was a good idea, mm-hmm. I would have said you're nuts. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. Not anymore. Crazy times. Desperate times, desperate measures, they say. So I did not tell you what today's episode was about. Are you ready for today's mm. episode, regardless of the topic? Mm-hmm. Okay. Today's episode is a very special episode. All right. Uh-oh. I think it's something we've done before. We've never done this before. Oh, okay. What is it? It's uh, an episode all about very special episodes. Oh, okay. (laughs) I don't even... What? What did you think I was saying? I don't know. I thought it was one of these uh, mysteries, unsolved, you know, conspiracies, one of those things. No, it's a very special episode. Ah, excellent. I'm glad I'm prepared. You're never prepared, so that's it's unnecessary with you. But uh, if you don't know, or if you're very young, I guess, um, back in the day, in the 70s and 80s, I think, is when this happened, and I don't think it happened after that. There was a there was like a, a decade or so of uh, it was a time when television programs really thought they needed, and specifically comedies, thought that they had to put on the brakes and instead of being funny for the half hour like you wanted them to be, they decided that they were going to teach you about something god-awful, just terrible. And I don't know why they did it. Um, oh, I know what you're talking about now. Could, I thought you meant like a very special Brady Christmas. You know, like no. Star Wars Thanksgiving. No. Oh. Uh-uh. No, those are variety shows. Ah, yes. So, uh, according, These are message shows. According to Wikipedia, uh, a ver- very special episode is an advertising term originally used in American television promos to refer to an episode of a sitcom or drama series, where I just remember it being sitcoms, which deals with a difficult or controversial social issue. You don't go to different strokes for controversial social issues. You just never did. And oh, was the one with Mr. Carlson a special episode? It was a very special episode. You're telling me. If that's what they're talking about, very special, they have an odd sense of word usage. Well, that's the thing. Or verbiage. That's why this is uh, this is a show completely about that whole thing, that whole Megillah. The, 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 the phrase, a very special episode, 
It wasn't special. It was, and it was a lot of times shows that kids watched. How many of them featured Ed Asner? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I have a, a few lists here of different, very special episodes, but I wanted to see if, you know, of course the Different Strokes episode comes to mind because it's pedophilia and recently, or not real recently, but within the last few years, Todd Bridges has said that it was, you know, very difficult for him to do that episode because he was himself being molested and assaulted as a child. Hello, I'm Conrad Bain. Tonight on Different Strokes, we're starting a special two-part show on a very sensitive and important subject. Now, we urge families, children, and parents alike to watch both of these informative episodes and then to discuss the problem presented, which is of deep concern to all of us. That show was very unsettling for me. I couldn't watch it. I didn't want to be around it. I asked him, don't write me in. Please write me out of most of this. Give me a bite, please. Please. Don't just stand there. Help me grovel. <laughs> well, Daddy, I guess he could keep his bike downstairs in the garage. Yeah, Dad, and there's plenty of safe places to ride in the park. And as far as strange people go, I mean, they're everywhere. We've got one living in our apartment. <laughs> it was unsettling because I had myself gone through that. And watching it happen on the show, it was like reliving that all over again. I was reliving that whole thing all over again. Maybe we'd better not let your dad know about the bike. In fact, maybe it would be best if you didn't even mention, you know, that you came back here and I gave you all this ice cream before dinner. Why don't we just make it our little secret? Huh? You know something, Mr. Horton? You're sneaky. <laughs> Sneaky. This is what happened in my life. And they didn't know about it. You know something, Arnold? I really like you. I really like you. You and I are going to have a lot of good times together. That's terrible. It's fucking beyond terrible. What's the first special episode? The very first, very special episode. I wonder what that was. I gotta say, the movie Tex was kind of like a whole, a whole movie was a special episode. Is Tex on there? How many of them featured Matt Dillon? Uh, I don't know. He's not involved in our... God damn it. Was there a special episode on James at 15? Uh... It says here, in according to my Brave search, Brave has a new search engine. So I'm getting rid of DuckDuckGo and Google and sticking with Brave. It says here, it is generally acknowledged that the first very special episode was The Different Strokes. Isn't that something? Yeah, now, what compelled them to do that? Who got in trouble in that network that was forced to make that video. Oh, you think that that's what it was some that's sort of how community it always service? Works. Yeah. Oh, 
Oh, you know what? You might be onto something. I don't think Jim Morrison said speed kills unless he was forced to. This is Ray Manzarek at the doors. That white powder called speed is a real bummer. It's a one-way death trip for kids who really don't know what they're getting into. Don't let someone talk you into shooting it. It'll kill you. That's the way it works. It'll just kill you. Put speed down. Do it now. If you need help or want further information, call the Do It Now Foundation, day or night, 463-6851. It says here, according to Wikipedia, The Bicycle Man is a two-part very special episode of the American sitcom Different Strokes. It was really cringy. It was two parts. It was the 16th and the 17th episode of the fifth season. Well, tell me something. Was that before or after WKRP? Yeah, it was, let's see. It was in 1983, so... Well, how do you... Cause, oh, it must be after then. How do you land that gig after that gig? I mean, once you play that pedophile on different strokes, I think you kind of like sealed the deal as the good guy. That's that's crazy, right? Well, he and he was the Maytag repairman too. Who's his agent? Anyway, uh, I mean, Mister Carlson is one thing; Mister Bicycle Man is a whole nother. It says it was written by Blake Hunter and Garen Keith. Yeah, what's in their fucking past closets? What's up there, sleeve? I'm just looking to see if it says anything why they had it, why they aired it. It says the first part of the Bicycle Man originally aired on NBC on February 5th, 1983. Its second part a week later. The episode was critically acclaimed. Oh, it's good stuff. So you know what I'm saying? Who critically acclaimed it? Bill Cosby. The New York Times. Oh, well, they know. The, well, and the Washington Post. I just feel like the very special episode shoehorned into a comedy series was probably the worst idea ever. Well, what is uh, another one? Well, one that you mentioned the other day, which made me think we should just do the whole episode. I don't even remember. Edith Bunker. Oh. Well, that's tasteless. It's fucking tasteless. What year was that? Let's see. Uh, Edith's 50th birthday. Well, see, now this is this is season eight, episode four, 1977. So it is before the different strokes, but maybe they didn't call it a very special episode. That's what I was just thinking. I, I thought it was suspicious that this different strokes one was the first one. But maybe maybe different strokes called it a very special episode. And before that, they didn't call them that. I don't recall. I don't know. I don't recall. But the Edith's 50th birthday, season eight, episode four. Edith, believing a serial rapist to be a police officer, lets him into her home and is almost sexually assaulted by him. Hiya, my name is Detective Lambert. I'm with the police department. Uh, I'd like to ask you a couple questions if I could. Oh, sure. Come on in. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to be rude. But you know, they say women gotta be very careful these days with the robbers and the burglars. Oh, no, I can't be too cautious, uh, Miss... Uh, oh, Mrs. Bunker. Edith Bunker. Mrs. Bunker. No, you can't be too cautious, because you see, seems there's a man in your neighborhood who's been 
Well, he's been molesting women. Oh. So I'd like to ask you and, and your husband a couple questions, if I could. Oh, sure. But my husband ain't here. Oh, that's a shame. Nobody's here. Well, maybe you can meet him some other time. I don't know. If you're too young to have watched All in the Family, you weren't watching for Edith. What's a... Edith fucking uh, as a main character. What uh, year was that again? 77. And this is another thing. These are like shows that were on at like 8 o'clock. Like little kids would watch these. And so for them to inject this craziness, this very special shit, it's not, it wasn't helpful. You listen to me. You cooperate with me and you're not going to get hurt. Now you understand it? Okay, now. Now, you don't make any trouble, and everything is going to be just fine. You understand? I I'll give you anything you want. I got some money upstairs, $8, or I could give you a check. <laughs> Lady, I don't want your money. Now, look, I don't want to hurt you, but you see this? I'd hate to have to use it. I'd hate to have you have to, too. <laughs> All right, then. All you got to do is do exactly like I tell you, and everything's going to be just fine. <gasps> what are you going to do to me? Just exactly what you think I'm going to do to you. <gasps> no, you wouldn't do that. No, no, you wouldn't do that. No. <laughs> inappropriate. It's inappropriate, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't warn people about rapists or pedophiles. I'm saying that you shouldn't do it in a comedy show <laughs> because it just is it's it's jarring and it's cringy and despite what the new york times says about that different strokes episode it, it it's not critically acclaimed it's just not it's terrible again these are children's shows imagine having a very special muppet show you know where they talk about some of this shit i mean all of this stuff is was done when little kids these are all i don't know as a kid i watched comedies didn't you of course i mean you always kind of thought that the comedies were child friendly if they were on at a certain time or very special muppets i mean honestly different strokes had kids in it any comedy show that had kids in it in my opinion was for kids you know it was it was aiming at the kid audience i want the whole story from beginning to end where did you get the wine? Well, I'm not supposed to tell. Arnold? Mr. Horton. <laughs> Mr. Horton? The man in the bicycle shop. What's he got to do with this? Well, while I was there with Dudley, he gave us some pizza and wine. What else went on there? He showed us some pictures. Everybody was naked. <laughs> naked? And he showed us some kinky cartoons. <laughs> What do you mean by kinky? Well, you told me about the birds and the bees, but that's nothing compared to what those mice were doing. <laughs> I think I'd better have a talk with our Mr. Horton. Dad, you don't think... Yes, I sure do. Is there something wrong, Dad? Maybe we should go get Dudley. He's still down there. At the bicycle shop? Oh, my God. Dad, I'm going with you. Now, wait a second. Maybe we should call the police first. The police? And I just feel like that's just inappropriate shit right there. Very strange. 
So there's some that we hadn't heard of. Yeah, what do you get? Uh, well, like the Boy Meets World. Boy Meets World. That sounds slightly... I think How do a, I put that without being offensive? It's a, <laughs> I don't know. It's a Disney show, and it was on later than we, we would not have watched it. Okay, I've heard the name, but I have no idea anything about it. It's the one with, that where they the girl's name is Topanga. Oh, her name should have been World. Get it? I know you've heard of the name Topanga, though. Yeah. Okay. Apparently that bitch is fine. Okay, she's not a bitch. Oh. She's well, I've just I heard that when you say Topanga, that's usually what I hear along with it. Who are you? Who is here? Who, you know, the guys on the corner at the liquor store drinking beer and stuff. Oh, and they're, oh, I see. And they're referring to Topanga and the, as that bitch is fine. I see. Yeah, it's I, kind of a it's a catch twenty two. We do it. Is, it's she, not. Uh, you're a bitch, but you're fine. It's a catch twenty two. You get one weed out the other. You could take. Okay, which one you want to be? Okay. Well, you want to be unfine and not a bitch, mm-hmm. or a bitch and fine. Mm-hmm. I think they go together. Okay. Well, God bless Topanga for being a fine bitch. Topanga? That sounds like something else. Anyway, she is very pretty. She was very pretty when she was a young girl. What, was and she she's, 16? I don't even know. We didn't watch Let's the show. Let's stop talking about her. Okay. But anyway, that's the show. I know that that name would sound familiar to you, but apparently that, that show had two very special episodes. The one was called Topanga's Canyon. You don't want to get into that. Two very special episodes in the same season. Ooh, they were desperado. Uh, Corey and Sean discover that one of their classmates is Cla- gay. Claire is being abused by her father. Corey, don't you think that if I, I could have told you something, I would have? Sean, I think you know that you can always trust me with anything. You swear you'll never tell? I swear. Okay, Claire and I aren't doing anything. We never have. The reason she's been staying at my place. Her dad hits her. What do you mean he hits her? At night, sometimes. He yells a lot and beats her up. Well, Claire's dad, he's the vice president of a bank. Yeah, I know. Good job, fancy home, a little life creep. I, I, but I, I just can't hide her at my place anymore. Well, we should probably go to the police. No, Corey, the cops aren't gonna do anything. Why not? Because I'm a kid from a trailer park, and he's the vice president of a bank. I mean, who do you think they're going to listen to? Well, then at least let me tell my parents. I mean, they should know. Corey, you just swore that you wouldn't tell anyone. The boys inform the police and send Claire to live with her aunt. Excellent. Those boys got a lot of power. And then uh, later on in that season, Sean is under the influence of a sinister cult. I thought you were going to say marijuana. <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. But that's the, the, we don't, we never watched that show, so we just don't know. That's Speaking of sinister cults, uh, where have all the Hare Krishna gone? 
Long time long passing. Long time passing. Yeah. Um, where have I don't know where they've gone. Maybe you know, maybe laws have changed as far as like handing pamphlets out in airport like that was where you would see them. Mm. I would see them mostly in, in, airports. in airports. Occasionally at intersections. <laughs> right. But uh perhaps I don't know. Oh, you know what happened? What? I bet post nine eleven the security changed. Ah and you got to go. You got to go. So yeah, that That's makes my sense. Bet. That makes sense actually. So, uh, yeah, the Hare Krishnas, uh, they used to just, and they, I mean, in it, they famously make fun of it in the, in the movie Airplane. Right. Where he just starts punching them out, right? <laughs> I guess uh, that sounds which, familiar. Which is very funny, but of course it would not be able to be done today. Oh, well, that was because, back when they made good quality shit, right. shitty movies. Back when PC didn't ruin everything and you could, you could punch a Hare Krishna or you could slap a bitch in the airplane I speak jive. I speak. You could speak jive. I mean, all of that stuff right Back now. Back when is, white women could speak jive. That whole movie right now, it, it could not come out today because people would be screaming. It offends everybody. So, uh, but anyway, that, good good topic, Dave. Maybe that's for another show. What happened to the Harry Krishnas? Where have all the <laughs> now? Apparently, Full House. Full House? Yes. That sounds like a band I used to be in. That's First House. Oh, there was also Firehouse. It was a Fire Hose. You were in a band called Firehouse? No, but those, 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 that band existed. Or was okay. it Fire Hose? All right. All I, all I know is when I saw it, it made me think of First House. And I said, hey, that's not you. All right. Next. Full House is the one that had the two little twin girls, Mary-Kate and Ash- Ashley. Yes, but more importantly... Olsen's? More importantly, a handsome man called... Uh, what's his name? Oh, uh... Stamos. John Stamos. And Bob Saget. And that other guy. And Bob Saget. Oh, uh, what's his name uh, with, the, with the blonde hair? Dave something. Dave... C- Dave... Col- Collier? Collier. Yeah. He's the one that Alanis Morissette wrote the song for. Right. That man has a lot of influence. He was also a stand-up comedian, or is. Yes. Uh, Anyway, they had two very special episodes. Uh, Shape Up. DJ, in preparation for an upcoming pool party, stops eating and starts exercising vigorously. Both common symptoms of anorexia nervosa. Nothing is going on. I'm going to Kimmy's for dinner. Don't believe her, Dad. Stuff you pinky swore. I don't care. I don't want you to get sick. Dad, I know why DJ's acting so cranky and why she got dizzy today. She hasn't eaten anything in three days. Is that true? You haven't eaten anything in three days? DJ, I think you should sit down and eat right now. I can't. I'm finally starting to lose weight. DJ, you're starving yourself. You could do serious damage to your body. DJ, this kind of behavior can lead to serious eating disorders, anorexia, bulimia. You're headed down a dangerous road here. I don't care. I'm the one that has to wear the bathing suit next week. It's my life, and I can do whatever I want. Sha-da-da-da-da. And then in uh, season six, in 1993... Stephanie learns that her classmate is a victim of child abuse. Look, thing is, my dad does hit me sometimes. But it's my own fault for ticking him off. 
boy did he really clap at me last week. You mean when you came to school with that black guy and you said you walked into a door? Yeah, a door named Dad. Maybe you should tell someone. No, no! I, I can't tell anyone, and neither can you. What time is it? 5.30. I forgot to phone my dad and tell him I was going to be late. He's going to kill me! I gotta go, I gotta go! To Charles! Steph, you gotta swear to me. You can't tell anyone as long as you live. Ever. You got it, okay? Okay. I swear. Wait, we already did this one. That was a different... Oh, That, that was, was a different meets, stroke. That was Boy Meets World. It was uh, also different strokes. Well, no, child <laughs> abuse doesn't necessarily mean uh, pedophile, does it? Well, I don't know. I no. haven't watched these episodes. No, it does not. Uh, anyway, uh, I mean, you could You could uh, discipline your child and spank them, and they could say that's child abuse, but that's not necessarily being a pedophile. Right. Or the, or the belt. The belt was always... Uh, the belt. Uh, Stephanie learns that her classmate is a victim of child abuse by his father and feels conflicted as to whether she should tell an adult. Yeah, because she has no morals. All right, Maud. Did you, you watch Maud, right? Mm-hmm. Maud, is, Maud uh, contemplates an abortion. What year was this? The episode came out in 72. Uh, Maud contemplates an abortion. Did she have the kid? Yes. No, she doesn't. She has an abortion? Yep. Oh, Maud. I think that's why I never liked Maud. Maud. I like Arthur. Is that his name? Her, her husband? Yeah. Or is it Ma- Arthur? Murray? Murray. Arthur? Uh, Maybe it's Arthur. No, it's, her name's Arthur. B. Arthur. Why do you like him? Because uh, she was always abusing him. I felt sorry for him. Yeah. Maud was an evil bitch. That's what I'm saying. I didn't like Maud. I always thought that because her name was B. Arthur, she got confused as a kid, and that's why she was so manly. Oh. I mean, I'm, I'm not even joking. That's what I thought years ago. Well... Be Arthur, and she's so manly. Well, maybe she's trying to be Arthur. Maybe she is. 
B is short for Beatrice. I don't care what it's short for when you say it, it's B Arthur. Like I always I, I always, mean if my name was B Susie, I might try to be Susie. I see. So, you know, that's from nineteen seventy two, and I'm thinking I was watching Maud in nineteen seventy two. And that was kind of like a that maybe I was too young I to wasn't see. watching Maud in seventy two. I watched it in the reruns. I watched it in the reruns, but <clears throat> I'm sure my parents were watching it. So I, you know. The whole nation was watching Maud. I don't know if the whole nation was watching Maud, but my my house certainly was. I mean, what else was on then? Mary Tyler Moore, was she on in 72? She might have been. I mean, was I don't know. Was there a special episode with her? Or do they keep her real? I'm trying to think if I can remember offhand a very special Mary Tyler Moore. But well, they were always kind of serious, though. They were they were funny, but they had serious elements to them. Yeah. I mean, was there a very special mash, or was the whole series a very special mash? Mash. I know that they had they did like a couple episodes where they didn't put in the laugh track and. Oh, jeez, that's awkward. And I think that they. Uh, they did. They did episodes where you know, like Colonel Blake died. Like they did some. I don't think well, they, it was just part of the series. It wasn't a special. Yeah, episode. I don't think they were cl- claiming it was a very special. Quite frankly, episode. What, who's to say that the Maud one was a special episode? If the first one's uh, different strokes in '83, they probably just aired the thing. Well, I think what the, who's choosing these episodes? Listen, a very special odd couple. Felix goes missing. Traditionally, very special episodes contained either a brief message from the cast or a title card reading either viewer de- discretion advised. Oh, I've seen that. <clears throat> like at the end, if you or anyone is contemplating suicide, da ba da ba da. Yeah, or parental discretion advised, alerting viewers to the potentially graphic or disturbing nature of the episode. So I think Wikipedia is saying. The examples they're giving all had that. Ah, but I don't believe <clears throat> that about Maud. Oh, you don't? I don't know. Okay. I mean, I I don't I don't remember either way, but I remember uh, I remember that that episode. Come on, being man. We're gonna have to off. look it up. YouTube. You got Maud having an abortion? That's what the people want to see. Uh, Mr. Belvedere. Now, who was in that? The weirdo from. Uh, was that uh, Higgins? No. No. Higgins. Okay, Higgins. Mr. Belvedere was who? Wasn't it the sports guy? I don't think I really watched the show. No. I think it, there was other stuff on. I was watching Coach. <laughs> Bob Euchre. This is Bob Euchre. Oh, Uecker. yeah. Oh, no, man. I didn't watch that at all. I oh, think he the, was, name, the he was, name threw me. Bob Euchre was pretty huge for a bit there. Hmm. He's a news a sportscaster. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like a like a, you know, like the color commentary guy. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, so <clears throat> for this ep- for this very special oh they had two very special episodes. Uh, Wesley, due to misconceptions about HIV and AIDS, oh god, avoids his friend and classmate Danny who contracted the disease as the result of a blood transfusion. Sure he did. Hi, Mr. Belvedere. Hello, Danny. Is Wesley here? Yes, come on in. Everyone, you remember Wesley's friend, Danny? Oh, hi, Danny. Hi, Mrs. Owens, Mr. Owens. Hiya, champ. How's it going? Well, I got eight, but other than that, I'm doing pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) That's like ripped from the headlines. And then the counselor uh, is another one. 
1988, where a male camp counselor touches Wesley inappropriately. You know. Encouraging him to keep it a secret. And Wesley calls him out in order to protect a fellow camper. Friday. Hey, Wesley, don't go with him. An important Mr. Belvedere. Might try to put his hands on him or something. What do you mean, Wes? That's what he did to me. <laughs> now, who plays Wesley? Because this man sounds honorable. Well, he was a little kid. Yes, what did he turn into? Into, hold on. What's become of Wesley? That's the sequence. Hold on. On the next, what's become of Wesley? We go to a pizza hut and fucking Rosendo. What was the name of the show? Mr. Belvedere. Mr. Bob Dabolina. Mr. Bob Dabolina. Bryce Beckham played Wesley. Bryce Beckham. Is he an Englishman? Uh, no. Born in Long Beach, California in 1976, and he's still doing some acting. He was just in a TV series entitled Down the Middle, and he was in a series called Hug It Out. I ain't heard any of the damn series. And he was, his voice was in the L.A. Noir video game, which I had. Huh. He was in Burn Notice. Well, he seems to be a respectable Hollywood actor. Good for you, Bryce. I mean, he takes some breaks, but I think he's uh, he's doing his thing. All right. Fair enough. All right. Anyway, good for you, Wesley. Well, the problem with that show is I ain't never watched it, so I can't really say. Now, did you know that Roseanne had two very special episodes? Uh, okay, what were they? No, I did not know. Uh, one was Roseanne learns her sister Jackie is being physically abused by her boyfriend Fisher, prompting her husband Dan to assault Fisher. Oh, snacky. What's that one called? Attacky de Jackie? Crime and punishment. Oh. Here comes Dan. He's kind of wacky. I gotta be honest, though. This is the, this is the proper thing to do. Dan finds out his sister-in-law is being uh, physically abused. He goes and beats the fuck out of that other guy. John, That's the way John Goodman was a hulking and intimidating character. Yes, he certainly was. He still probably is, although he has lost some weight. Now, this next one, <clears throat> uh, the next very special episode from Roseanne is called White Men Can't Kiss. Oh, no. Featuring Wesley Snipes. No, it says DJ refuses to kiss a girl in his school play because she's black. You know that uh, Gina girl in the play that DJ doesn't want to kiss? She's black. Oh. Yeah, so we've got to make him kiss her. Everybody will think we're a bunch of racists. DJ, get down here! Well, slow down. We don't know that's why he won't kiss her. I'm sure he's got a very good reason. I don't care what his reason is. Everybody will think it's because she's black, and then I will never be able to buy sheets again. Sit down. I want to ask you some questions. Okay. Your dad and I were wondering how come you don't want to kiss that girl in the play. I don't know. Well, is it because you're just not ready to kiss girls yet? No. Is she mean to you? No. Is she gross? Does she pick her nose and eat it? <laughs> Does she have bad breath? Does she have a mustache? Does she have a whole bunch of extra arms or something? Son, no matter what it is, you can tell us. Is it because she's black? 
It is, isn't it? Well, you'll be mad if I say yes. No, we won't. Yes, we will. Hey, now. Maybe he just didn't like the girl. I mean, I didn't see it. Whoa, I don't think so. I never saw that. I never watched the... uh, I never watched Roseanne. What year was that? 1980, 1994. I never watched that show why and thought was, they were oh, racist. I know why that happened. Uh-oh. Rodney King. Oh, shit. Ripped from the headlines. Okay. Well, you could be right. You could be right. Now, was the girl he didn't want to kiss uh, doing something he she shouldn't have been and then running from the police? I don't think so. I oh, don't know. Okay, just wondering. I don't recall the episode at all. I guess I was too, I was too old to be traumatized by it. See, the early the ones from the seventies were were traumatizing. They're very special, mighty ducks. Now, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air had three very special episodes. Oh, snizap! Did you watch this one at all? Well, yeah, I'm a big fan of Will Smith. Excellent. All right, so let's just say when he came out, I was quite impressed with his verbal skills. <laughs> What do you mean? His rapping? Yeah. Oh. What was that, around 1985? Uh, this show 86, is... 86, he came out with his stuff? I guess. Yeah, all those young kids loved uh, Fresh Prince. Isn't that something? All right, so it took five years for him to get a show? Oh, yeah. I, I guess so. Maybe 86. Yeah, I think he was... I guess so. Uh, so the first one, of course, seems like it's... Uh, I don't know. Uh, while driving to Palm Springs in a Mercedes Benz that has to that belongs to Philip Banks. Oh no, he gets pulled over by the police. Will and Carlton are picked up by two white police officers that accuse the two of being car thieves. Well, that is ripped from the headlines too. Is it? Yeah. Probably. Uh Another one was Will is given speed to stay up. Oh, I would love to watch that. You would? Yes. I have a feeling there would be lots of shenanigans. That would that, be a funny special episode. No, I bet they make it awful. No, I got to see. I got to see a strung out Will. Okay, well, the, this Maybe, episode. Does he play the drums? I like when the girl plays the drums. What? There's an episode where the, the, the younger sister starts playing drums instead of doing ballet or something or taking piano lessons because Will influences her oh, badly. Oh, shit. And then... What's his name? The big guy gets angry at Will. Uncle Phil? Yeah. But they have a scene where uh, Jazzy Jeff comes over. Oh, shit. And they're all jamming. I think Jazzy Jeff even gets on the kid, if I'm not mistaken. Well, this That's one- my kind of episode. Oh. You know what else I like? When Dizzy Gillespie was on Bill Cosby's show. Okay. Will is given speed to stay up at the senior prom. Carlton, mistaking them for vitamins, takes them and collapses on the dance floor. Oh, that's not funny. He covers for Will, who comes clean to Phil and Vivian, breaking down. Oh, snap. Those pills that Carlton took, um, they were from my locker. What? Look, Uncle Phil, I was just keeping them in case I needed them. How could you be so stupid? You know you shouldn't be messing with drugs. I know, Uncle Phil. I mean, somebody gave them to me at school. I mean, I didn't mean for Carlton to take them. I didn't even know if I was going to take them. I'm sorry, Uncle Phil. Sorry? My son could have died because of you. Look, I know, Uncle Phil. That's all I've been thinking about. I mean, look, you got to believe me. I didn't mean to hurt him. Yeah, well, you did. You hurt him, and you could have hurt yourself. 
I know Uncle Phil. I mean, but look, I had basketball practice and, and school, and I was at work and everything. Oh, oh, welcome to the real world, Will. That's not an excuse. It's never an excuse. You owe this family an apology. Vivian, kids! What's going on? Will has something to tell you. Come on, Uncle Phil, don't make Go it ahead, clear. Will. Um, the pills that, that Carlton took, they were from my locker. What? I'm sorry, Aunt Viv. I mean, I, I had basketball practice and I had finals and everything. And one of the guys at school just offered me some stuff to help me stay awake. And then Carlton. Look, all I know is that somebody real close to me that I love a whole lot could be dead right now. And it would be all my fault. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. Come here, come here. I'm sorry, man. It's okay. How did he get the speed? Will is given speed to stay up, it says. So maybe he was a well, test, gave him speed. studying for a test. I don't know. It doesn't say. I want that guy on the episode. Uh, and the, their third and final very special Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Bullets Over Bel-Air. Oh, Jesus. This is right after Tupac and Biggie. Am I right? It's 95. I don't know. When did they pass away? I don't know. Will and Carlton, while withdrawing money from an ATM, are robbed at gunpoint. Ain't my fault your stupid hurricane lamp got broken. <laughs> if you hadn't inflated the raft, it wouldn't have fallen over. Well, I'll pay you for it, but the stupid thing can't be worth more than $60. It had a built-in bug zapper. <laughs> and it cost 80 Well, I'll give you 60 for it. 80, 60, 80, 80, 60. You got a deal, Daffy. <laughs> Cute, Will. Tell you what, I'll take your $60 and I'll get the rest from your wages at the Peacock. Let's have the money. Come on, come on. All right, hey, hey, hey it's cool, dude. Uh, Carlton, give him the money. Hey, look, that, that's all we got, man. That's it. I got some more, my Take your hands out of your pockets. Take your hands out of your pockets. Take your hands out of your pockets. And Will is shot as a result, causing Carlton to suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder. How many times is Will Smith going to get shot on screen? Didn't we just watch him get shot on screen in the worst movie ever? Oh, God, that's right. We saw Bad Boys for Life, and it is it was, it was, start to finish the worst movie ever. Just it terrible. It is bad, boy. I mean, if you want to see it and you haven't seen it, I think there's going to be a spoiler alert right now. Spoiler alert. There's a serial killer who is killing people his mother tells him to kill. He kills countless amount of people. He's a serial killer. He is a cop killer. And in the end, he's Will Smith's son. And so Will Smith, regardless of the fact that this guy has killed so many people, is like, I'm going to be there for you. Relax. I can't promise you it's going to be all good after all the stuff you've done, but I can promise you 
I'm gonna be there, all right? Hey, I'm your Uncle Marcus. But we'll talk about that later. It's like, what the fuck? And also, the color correction on the movie, the color, the effect that they give it is so terrible. I feel like it's racist almost. Honestly, if you want to know my, my real opinion, I think the color correction is racist. I think they do it to appeal to the Chinese audience. Well, why? They love orange? They color corrected these two black men to... To make them look less black? They looked less black. They looked... More orange. They looked orange. They looked orange. It was insane. I think it's... I think it was... I think it's racist. They just threw the blue and teal on? The blue... Orange and teal. Orange and teal. It's like a... Famous blue and teal, that would be very uh, one-dimensional. Orange and teal is like a famous thing that Hollywood does, and they do it a lot to bring up orange and the teal. Yeah, you know who else does it? Does it? The Miami Dolphins. Yeah, well, that's their actual colors, yeah. though. I see. Yeah, if I was the Dolphins, I'd be suing everybody else. There's just something about those colors together that is pleasing to people, but... They they so oversaturated it that it was it, it literally is just like it's insane to look at. Okay, well, I can't look at it without thinking about Larry Zonka. All right, the Golden Girls. How now, do you say? You know how you spell Zonka? It's not with a Z. T. I think it's Kazonka. Oh, but it could be Kazaron. Okay, uh, the Golden Girls. That's one of your favorite shows. Oh gosh, well, B. Arthur loves those special episodes. Yeah, but you absolutely love the Golden Girls. Well, you know, believe it or not, the Golden Girls is a quality show. I know, I know, it's a well, well-crafted sitcom down to the way they use their music. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you ever noticed this, uh-huh. but when they do the theme music that's coming into a scene, uh-huh. it'll be a little taste of the theme song, uh-huh. possibly with a different feel and texture but the same melody lingering, and instead of resolving, they don't resolve. It trails off. The music trails without resolving to its natural end like the one, and it trails and then opens the scene. Now that is, you don't think of that, but that's intent, that's totally on purpose. Okay. And the Gold Girls use that well. All right. Well, you seem to really love the Golden Girls. It was never one of my favorite shows. It, I, it's not even in my top 40. Well, it's not my favorite show, but I, whenever I see it on TV, it's quite amusing. Okay. Especially the young old woman. They had five very special episodes. Oh, my. It's well, like, when you're that age, Golden Girls, you know, every day is special. For, the first one is a, a lesbian. Oh, wait. Well, that came naturally for B. Arthur. Dorothy's friend Jean, a lesbian, comes to visit after her longtime partner dies. Yeah, just just by coincidence, she's visiting B. Arthur. Rose and Jean have a lot in common, and Uh-oh. they strike up a fast friendship. But Jean starts falling in love with Rose, who is... Well, who wouldn't? Are we talking Rue McClanahan? Yes. Now that woman's got panache. But Jean starts falling in love with Rose, who is unaware of her new friend's sexuality. Um, <clears throat> Dorothy, I'm afraid I'm going to have to leave today. Oh, because of Blanche? No, I'm no, no, it has nothing to do with Blanche. You know, something unexpected has come up. But back home, is it serious? 
It's not back home, but it is serious. I haven't met anyone as good and decent as Rose since Pat died. And I think I'm falling in love. Rose is Betty White. Oh, man, no one wants to see that. Oh, they got this whole plot mixed up. That changed everything for it you. It really does. All right. Betty White might have been okay in the 40s, but something happened. She's just, she's like your mother or something. You don't want to think of her that way. No. Although can't. she was a pinup girl. She, yes. Now, that is odd. All right. She's probably the oldest living pinup girl. That's probably true. All right. Uh, scared straight. Pinup girl, ladies and gentlemen. Scared straight. Scared straight. When Blanche's newly divorced brother, Clayton, comes to town, he confides to Rose that he is gay. Everybody's talking to Rose about shit. Because she's everybody's mom. That's what I'm saying. Scared to tell Blanche the truth, he pretends to have slept with Rose. Oh, no. Clayton, sometimes I do not understand you. Time after time, I fix you up with attractive, eligible women, and nothing happens. It's time you found yourself a woman now. What is the matter with you? Tell her, Clayton. I will, Rose. Tell me what? Well, I ran into Rose in the park, and, uh... And? And we had a long talk, and, uh... And? And we slept together tonight. With Blanche furious at her roommate, Clayton is eventually forced to reveal the truth, sending Blanche into an angry and confused denial. Wait a minute. Who's Blanche? Is that B. Arthur? Blanche, I think, is, is Rue McClanahan. Uh, I don't know these people's names. I like the show so much. Okay. <clears throat> uh, let's see. Rose finds she may have been exposed to HIV after having undergone a blood transfusion. Jesus, Rose. Following gallbladder surgery. I might have AIDS, and it scares the hell out of me. This is how many? This is the third or fourth one? That's the third one. Well, I guess it was a false alarm. Yes. Uh, Fourth one is we're, we're back with Blanche's gay brother, Clayton. Jesus. He visits to announce his engagement to his husband. Oh, God. What year was this? 91. Blanche, we don't have to worry about what the world thinks about our relationship. It just doesn't matter because we're there for each other. I'd do anything for Doug. And he'd bend over backwards for me. (laughs) Who is he? Who played him? This reoccurring character? Uh, Monty Markham. I guess I don't know who that is. No, you do not. Oh. Monty Markham. Uh, Monty Markham. He's almost a that guy. He's still acting. He is still doing it. 144 acting credits. Go, Mark. Go, Monty. He was in Baywatch. He was in First and Ten. He was in Murder, She Wrote. Melrose Place. Uh, let's see. Oh, he was one of the... Uh, narrators for a biography he's still doing it god bless him anyway you don't you wouldn't recognize him and neither would i all right so uh yeah they seem to be milking the special episodes they really are and the final one uh is 
Dorothy. Now, I think Dorothy is B. Arthur. That's correct. Dorothy suffers from a mysterious illness and goes to a doctor, but he dismisses her concerns and symptoms, saying that nothing's wrong with her. She goes to another specialist who diagnoses her with chronic fatigue syndrome. Oh, CFS! After encountering him at a restaurant, Dorothy confronts the doctor that dismissed her, advising him to listen to his patients as he will one day be in their situation. Dr. Bud, I came to you sick, sick and scared, and you dismissed me. You didn't have the answer, and instead of saying, I'm sorry, I don't know what's wrong with you, you made me feel crazy, like, like I had made it all up. You dismissed me. You made me feel like a, a child, a, a fool, a neurotic who was wasting your precious time. Is that, is that your caring profession? Is that healing? No one deserves that kind of treatment, Dr. Bud. No one. I suspect had I been a man, I might have been taken a little bit more seriously and not told to go to a hairdresser. Look, I am not going to sit here anymore. Shut up, Lois. <laughs> I don't know where you doctors lose your humanity, but you lose it. You know, if all of you at the beginning of your careers could get very sick and very scared for a while, you'd probably learn more from that than anything else. You'd better start listening to your patients. They need to be heard. They need caring. They need compassion. They need attending to. You know, someday, Dr. Bud, you're going to be on the other side of the table. And as angry as I am, and as angry as I always will be, I still wish you a better doctor than you were to me. That's, I don't, I don't find that to be very special. Ladies and gentlemen, get a second opinion. Yeah. That is, I think that could be wrapped up in 30 seconds. I don't think it needs an episode of Golden Girls. Well, no one wants Dorothy to be not feeling well. She's so jovial. Ugh. Um, so that was it for the Golden Girls. And now this is the last one they have on their list here on Wikipedia as the prime examples of very special episodes. Uh-huh. WKRP in Cincinnati. Come on, man. What was so special about that episode? Oh, I think this is going to be near and dear to your heart. Bailey is torn between leaving KRP or having Johnny Fever's baby. Okay. Turns out she does both. The staff at the fictional station reacts to the real-life fatal tramping incident at a concert by the Who. Oh, man. I think I remember that. What's everybody got such a long face for? You didn't listen to our station this morning, did you? No. Mr. Carlson, I don't know how to tell you this. Uh, Eleven kids lost their lives last night at that concert. What are you talking about, Travis? Is this some kind of bad joke? Sir, I wish it were. Well, I was there. I I didn't see anything. None of us did. It happened before the concert started, Mr. Carlson. There was this large crowd outside the Coliseum... They'd been waiting there for hours and hours. It was very cold. Somebody inside decided to open some doors. There was some reserved seating. Mostly general admission. That's what they call festival seating. That's what they call a stampede. And that's what happened. The Who didn't even know what had come down until after the show. Excuse me. 
I don't feel so good. That's fucked up. Really. This episode was used to advocate for bans on festival seating at concerts. Right. Well, festival seating is a terrible idea. Or is it the opposite? Lack of festival seating. I'm in favor of whatever's good for you. Don't they still do festival seating, though? Well, all I know is if... This is the thing. Is it not called that? You pile a bunch of people in there without seats for the Who, you got a problem. Because... I saw The Who in 1982, and I am a Jew. Okay. Who do? Okay. But what I'm saying to you (laughs) is I'm not through. I wish you were. Clash was on that show, and so was David Johansson, and that was all fine and dancing. Stop it. Stop it right now. Then The Who came on, Uh and we all got squished. Did you? Yeah. there There was a stampede. Every, all of a sudden, everyone said, Ooh, I got to get closer to see the Who. That's how powerful the Who are. So uh, everyone from the back pushed forward. Now, as they pushed forward, people were on the ground with blankets having picnics. They got trampled over. They had to move or get stepped on. And as I was running forward, as I was not in a picnic, I looked down and I saw picnic blankets and bottles of wine and shoes and binoculars and stuff that people had left behind. And then we're all squished up together and it was getting a little panicky because, of course, we had all heard of what had happened in Cleveland. And then we saw Hell's Angel. Cincinnati. Yeah, right. (laughs) And then we saw a biker guy and somehow a a chain had, had been created of people and we grabbed onto the chain of people and they were all heading out back. And as a chain of people, we had enough power to push through the masses, and we escaped Shea Stadium. So you never got to see the hook? No, we got out of the fucking melee and went in the back where it was mellow. This was only affecting the people, like, in the first portion of the field. So did you pay extra for that kind of seating? I don't know. I don't remember that. Who did you go with? Colin. I just, I mean, I don't mean to be mean here. But if you're going to see them in 1982 after there had already been a trampling incident, this is, uh, why would you go? I don't know. I just know it was a Who concert with the Clash opening. They played a lot of reggae. Uh-huh. And then the Who were about to start and everybody ran forward. And people were being pulled up. I could see people were being pulled up from the front of the stage onto the stage and they were like passed out. This is Shea Stadium? Yeah, and I'm telling you, the only way we got out was by grabbing onto a chain of people and uh, becoming part of this human centipede to get the fuck out of this. So it was like, oh, okay, so it was like a swirly snake-like chain. Yeah, something like that, and I'm telling you, we just grabbed on, some of people were behind us, and we just kept going. How many people do you think were in that chain? I don't know, maybe like 20 or something. It was spontaneous. And there was the the biker guy in the front? (laughs) I don't remember. I just remember biker guy and bikers. I remember passing joints between the bikers and they were passing it to us and we had weed. We were passing it all around. Right, but back who in got those you days, out? How did you know? Somehow that? I think the biker guy was okay. part of that. He was like, get over you know, this way, something like that. I, you know, I have a feeling Colin might remember better, but that's basically what happened. And then, then we saw the show from, from the other area. We didn't get physically hurt, but it was, it was packed. It was not cool. And if people started running forward, we would have gotten hurt if they were able to run forward more. 
I can't imagine Shea Stadium just as a as a as a venue that has to pay insurance would not have learned from the Cincinnati incident. They did not learn. That's absurd to me. That's something absurd. happened that they didn't learn, and I, yeah, it almost happened again there. I'm telling you, whatever happened in Cincinnati was obviously way worse, but it almost happened at Shea, and I don't know if it almost happened at other places too. I mean, why would that have been the only other place? Yeah, I'm interested in that. I'm, I'm sure Colin will listen to this and and it was it was basically out of control. Add his comments down below. It was fucked up, is what it was. That's but yeah, insane. we were able to see the show. And the show was good? Yeah. The show was definitely good. Although, it was the It's Hard Tour, which was the album. And eh, that material was not the greatest, in my opinion. So, they were playing some stuff that wasn't that great. And then they had Kenny Jones on drums, which wasn't that perfect of a fit. Oh, okay. But other than that, yeah, it was amazing. It was excellent. I'll tell you, though, when we saw them in 96 at the Garden, when they played Quadrophenia, that was probably the best I ever saw The Who. Oh, really? Yeah, that was probably the best with Zach Starkey on drums. But don't you remember that they had really terrible audio problems? I do, but even with that, and then I remember because of that, they played a whole extra set, basically. Right, just Townsend and Daltrey, remember? Of all the good tunes, though. They came out, it it was a great show, but they were having... I don't know. It was like a crackle or cutting in and out, and Something. and it wasn't uh wasn't uh what call it there as well? Like Billy Idol. Billy like, Idol was there. Yep. So it was it was a it was a great show, but with audio, and you don't you can't have audio issues at Madison Square Garden. You just you're that's not you know you're supposed to be. Hey, yeah, it shouldn't have been happening. That should not have happened. And, but you know what? Bless them for it. They came out and said, "We know there's been technical issues." We're sorry. And Daltrey and Townsend did an acoustic set, like a, a best of acoustic set for, you know, probably a good 40 minutes or so. Yeah, it was excellent. That was that was ridiculous. It was. The whole thing was excellent. It was excellent. That was one of. Michelle uh, and the cello, if that's how you pronounce it. Yeah. Opened up for them. I didn't. We didn't really see her, though, right? Uh, I recall. Remember something about her. I mean, I knew she was the opening act, but I don't think... Uh, I think we did see her. Oh, okay. Anyway. <clears throat> Anywho. So uh, that's the, they, they did that. At the, how do they handle that at KRP? You know what really gets me? You can't do anything about it. It's too late to do anything. And then you keep asking yourself, why? Why something happens like this? I don't know, but we got to do something about it. See that it doesn't happen again. A lot of kids out there waiting to see concerts. Yeah, what a nightmare. That's terrible. As a as a band, if you're playing and that happened, that's pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, that's that's worse than Gimme Shelter, which was bad enough. Gimme Shelter was really bad. Yeah, that's really terrible. But if you look at that footage, the guy they stabbed, I mean, was he going to shoot Mick Jagger? It looked like he was, it looked like he should have been stabbed. He should have been, he should have been detained somehow. Imagine if that happened now. It would be being so insane. All right. So this has been episode 112 of the Middle-Aged Cool Kids Super Terrific Podcast featuring your pals Dave and Shecky. Uh, if you have need or want of listening to our other episodes, you can head over to macpodcast.com. 
all of the episodes are there. We also have MacRadio.com, which is a uh, an online radio station where we it is a mix of both of our extensive music collections. Um, we have used all 30 gigabytes that Live 365 has given us. So tons of music. It's not like XM where the music starts replaying after a few hours. It's tons of music and uh, quite diverse and varied and fun, I think. And also it, our YouTube channel where Dave has, it has become the Dave channel, really. Uh, Dave has done... At this point, we have uploaded 190 reaction videos. What do you think about that, Dave? Well, it's a lot of reactions. It's certainly a lot of reactions. Uh, Dave reacts to songs. Sometimes he's heard of them before. Sometimes he's not. Sometimes it's bands that he didn't necessarily think that he would ever like. And then all of a sudden, we love the bands. So um, those are very fun. Now, I was told I was getting paid $10 an episode. Where is my money? Who told you that? Well, little birdie. Okay. What? Little birdie on my shoulder told me that. Come, you, did somebody really me. try to tell you that? Yeah, they, they sneak around in the back there and they tell me things. No, but I'm I, serious. Did somebody tell you that there's... No. Okay. Because that's not... We don't we don't make $10 an episode. Come on, man. We don't. Hook it up. You don't. We don't. Hook that shit up. When you listen to music and react to music... uh. Those are copyrighted things, so we don't get any money from that. Oh, we should get more. We don't get, we get zero. So um, occasionally we'll get someone will share something, but usually it's just uh, some hotcakes, man, or some applesauce. It's ineligible for monetization because it's copyrighted material. We get a lot of hotcakes with the side of applesauce. All right. So next time you see that birdie, just kill it. Whoa, don't kill the bird, man. <laughs> anyway, um, I guess that's it for this episode, this very special episode, and we will see you next time, America. Take it easy.